you today. We appreciate so much your presence. We are looking at James chapter 4 in our study together. We thank you for being here. We have a number of visitors and for that we're grateful. We hope and pray that the time that you spend with us will be beneficial to you and we would invite you to come back, be with us tonight and again at every opportunity that you have. If you're looking for a church home, we always want to encourage you to consider the work here. We would be more than happy to have you come and be a part of our church family. I do want to say thank you to Jared. I had the opportunity to listen to him last week, and I appreciate the great lessons. I told him last Sunday night he covered a lot of material in a very, in a very fast way. And so I appreciate Jared, his knowledge and his love for God, his love for the church here. And we're appreciative of him and all the great things that he and his family do. We're looking at James chapter 4 in our study today. A little over a year ago, I was assigned a subject. The subject, never take life for granted. Initially, I was scheduled to speak in a lectureship last May. Because of COVID, the lectureship was canceled. And so they rescheduled for this past week. And so I was scheduled to speak this past Friday evening. Unfortunately, I was unable to fulfill that commitment. Nancy began her first day of chemotherapy Friday at the West Clinic. And so I thought I needed to be with her. When I got the, I guess, when I texted the brother or emailed the brother who was directing the lectureship, informing him that I was not going to be able to be present, I had forgotten the title of my lesson. You've got to understand that this lesson was prepared last January or February. And again, the title, Never Take Life for Granted. I'm not saying that I took a clinical approach to that lesson. But after going back and looking at the title of that lesson and remembering writing that manuscript and the time frame in which I wrote it, one of the things that struck me, when I prepared that lesson a year ago, it was, in many respects, clinical. It's personal now. Never take life for granted. And the reason is because we just don't know what lies ahead. And so as I think about James chapter 4, I want to talk for a minute or two about the importance of life and how we ought to live every day to its absolute fullest. Many of us, we understand the brevity of life, and we appreciate the fact that there are so many uncertainties. And I, like many of you, we understand this. We know what the Bible says. But so many times, it never registers until something cataclysmic happens in life. And then, our attention is full bore on what the Scripture says. So think with me for a minute or two about what James is writing here. And James, of course, writing to Christians in the first century. 
He begins by talking about the plans. In his narrative here, he has in mind a business person. Here's somebody who has daily responsibilities or duties in life. And their life is summarized by travels and by transactions, trading, doing this and doing that. They're all focused, or rather the focus, the intent is to increase the bottom line. So he said, come now, you who say, today or tomorrow, we'll go into such and such a city and buy and sell and then make a profit or there make a profit. Here's a guy who's interested, or here's a woman, who's interested in the task at hand. Now, many of us, we have responsibilities in the workplace. It might be that we work on a corporate level. It might be that we work for a school. We might have the opportunity to work in a factory. I mean, there are so many different occupations. And there are times in life when we get so caught up in what we're doing that we forget about what is really important in life. And so as I think about this man or this woman of whom James is writing, James is really speaking to people of every age, of every generation. And so he talks about those daily tasks, those daily duties that we're all involved in. But then there is this, what I would call, inherent danger. And the danger is that we lose our focus in life. We forget about what is really important in life. You know, there are a lot of things that are important to me in my life, as no doubt the same could be said for you. There are things that you are keenly interested in day in and day out. And there are things that you focus in on every day. Maybe you are consumed by your profession. And I know sometimes we get so busy at work or at the office, and we're busy running our children here and there to ball games and to activities at school, etc. We get so caught up in what I would call the mundane things of life, we lose focus, don't we? Somehow we get sidetracked. And rather than honing in on those things that are really important, the main thrust of life, as if you please, we focus on all the peripheral things of life. You remember Solomon. Solomon had the opportunity to examine life from a wide vantage point. He had the opportunity to look at things from an angle that many of us will never have that opportunity. And yet Solomon could look at everything that life, everything that life had to offer. And ultimately his conclusion was, okay, here's what life's all about. It's not necessarily about how much I can acquire. It's not about making a name for myself. It's not about power. It's not about pleasure, but rather it's about fearing God and keeping His commandments. Making sure that we keep the main thing the main thing. You remember what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, the Sermon on the Mount? 
Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. Sometimes we read that verse, we understand what it means, but again, we lose sight. We lose our focus in life. Jesus would say in that same Sermon on the Mount, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust corrupt, where thieves break through and steal. But rather lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. That's the goal, isn't it? Now, you think about the person that James has in mind here. And here's a person who's so consumed with his or her daily activities, they forget about things that are really important. And so this inherent danger, we lose sight of what's really important in life, we lose our focus. What then was his fault? What was her fault based upon divine testimony? James said it. He said, whereas you do not know what will be on the morrow. That's it. We have no idea what the future holds, do we? Now, we know the one who holds the future. So I want to move from that and think for a minute or two and maybe expand upon this idea. Secondly, by talking about the problem. Because there was a real problem here. And sadly, many of us, we face this same problem in life. Again, we know what the Bible says. We've read it. We've studied it. We've heard lessons on it. The real question is, has it resonated? Has it made an impact on our thinking and on our actions in this life? So you think about what James is saying here. And James is telling us we have no idea what the future holds. Listen to him in verse 14. Whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow. There are some challenges that we face in this life. Those challenges can affect our behavior. And so you think about life as you know it, as I know it. And there are two things that stand out in my mind. First, the uncertainty of life. Life is at best uncertain, isn't it? I mean, isn't that what James is saying? You do not know what will happen tomorrow. Here's what Solomon said in Proverbs 27. Who knows what a day may bring forth? Every day something new occurs. Every day is a new day, for good or bad. And so as you think about the challenges and how these challenges impact our behavior, to understand that life is uncertain and that life is uncontrollable. How many of you like to be in control? You like to be in control? I like to be in control. I want to feel like that somehow, some way, I can make a difference 
And I want to be in the driver's seat, as many of you do. But the fact of the matter is, there are a lot of things that are outside the scope of my control. I have no control over. One of the things that I've learned in the last few weeks is that there are some things in this life that I have absolutely no control over. I have to relinquish certain things to God. And you know, we talk about the future. And we talk about our plans and what we're going to do here and what we're going to do there, where we're going to go, and et cetera. And the real fact of the matter is, life is uncertain. And life is uncontrollable. And we can make plans. And we can make decisions that we hope will one day impact our future. But the reality is, there are some things we just don't control. And so what we have to learn to do, what I'm trying to learn to do in my life, is to live one day at a time. Easier said than done. Why? Because the human mind is at work. And so to learn to live one day at a time. You remember in Matthew chapter 6 when Jesus asked the question, why do you worry? In that context, three times Jesus said, do not worry. In verse 34, Jesus said in our vernacular, you don't need to worry about tomorrow because you have more than you can say grace over today. And why is that? Because we don't control tomorrow. There are no certainties or guarantees in this life. And so, that's the challenge. But then, there are some certainties. The certainty is the brevity of life, isn't it? What was it James said? What is your life? It is even as a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. How long do you expect to live? How long do you want to live in this life? You know, I think about Isaac the son of Abraham. In Genesis chapter 27, Isaac acknowledged that he was old. And he said, I do not know the day of my death. The psalmist in the long ago, the psalmist said, remember how short my time is. And then in Psalm 90, Moses said that we might live to be 70 or 80 years of age, but then he said it's soon cut off, and what happens? We fly away. I'm not telling you anything you don't know. You understand the temporal nature of this life. We understand the uncertainty of life, and yet sometimes we live as if we're going to live forever right here. And so you think about Life is temporal or transitory, and life is terminal. 
This morning in Bible class, Brother Billy talked about two men that did not taste death. The first was Enoch, the second was Elijah. Everyone else you read about in Scripture ultimately died. And I, as I was thinking about the lesson Brother Billy was presenting this morning, I got to thinking about some of the great characters in Scripture. I mean, you think about some of God's great servants. I mentioned Abraham, Isaac, or Jacob, Jacob being the father of the 12 tribes of Israel. David, a man after God's own heart. And then you come to the New Testament. Men like Peter and James and John and the Apostle Paul. Individuals who, by all accounts, were spiritual giants. And yet every single one of them died. I wonder why the exception. Why Enoch? Why Elijah? I don't know. I do know those were the only two men that never died. So whether we realize it or not, our life here ultimately is terminal. We say sometimes we're born to die. That's true, isn't it? The Hebrew writer said, It is appointed unto man once to die. And after this, he said, comes the judgment. Job, that great patriarch in the past, Job said, man born of woman is of few days and full of trouble. So you look at the person under consideration by James here. He's talking about here is a business person. And their life is all about the here and now. It's about buying and selling and trading and making transactions. And traveling from city to city. And I've got this going on and that going on. Oh, but I forgot. I forgot what's really important. That's what James is saying here. He said, look, you don't know what tomorrow holds. So, that being the case, note if you would the principle. There is a principle laid down by James in Scripture. And the intent is to help us as we navigate our way through this life. In other words... What James is saying right here is intended to be a guidepost. So listen to him in verse 15. James said, instead, you ought to say, in other words, rather than taking life for granted and running about from here to there, place to place, city to city, Engaging in various transactions, again, remember the uncertainty of life. And so here it is, indeed, or instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, he said, we'll live and do this or that. But now you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting, he said, is evil. So what's the lesson here? I think what James is saying to us today, we need to be wise when it comes to our time here on planet Earth. To make sure that we keep the main thing the main thing. 
to focus on what's really important in life. You think about all the things you've got going on in this life right now and all the things that are going on in your children's lives, maybe your grandchildren, and things that are important to them and important to you. In the grand scheme of things, how important are those things? Does the material and transitory things of life take precedence over the spiritual? If that's the case, then you've got to reverse the trend, and sometimes that's easier said than done. To accentuate the spiritual side of life. As Paul said, we look not at the things which are seen, but rather at the things which are not seen. The things which are seen, he said, are temporary. The things which are not seen are eternal. Remember Abraham? It was said of Abraham, he looked for a city whose builder and maker was God. The thrust of Abraham's life was ultimately to be in the presence of God. So what about your time? How wise are you using your time in this life? You have small children? Be grown before you know it. You have small grandchildren? Again, they'll be grown before you know it. Are you young? You'll be old before you know it. It happens. David said, I was young and now I'm old. It's life, isn't it? Read Ecclesiastes chapter 12 as Solomon in a very poetic way chronicles the aging process. And he said the end is the same for everyone. The body returns to the dust from whence it was taken and the spirit to God who gave it life. That's where we're headed. So you've got to be wise with your time in this life. What does that, what does that mean? It means first and foremost, I need to stay faithful to God. I need to have a strong faith in God. Now listen, there are a lot of us that are facing uncertainties right now. There are a number of you that are battling cancer. Some of you are facing problems with your heart. Others have chronic illnesses and health issues. We are not the only ones suffering. I'm not the only one suffering, nor are you. The world is full of people who are suffering, right? So what's going to help us bridge the gap between the difficulties of life and eternity. Strong faith in God. Remember James in James chapter 1 talked about counting it all joy when you fall into various trials. Doesn't, doesn't that seem odd to you? That James would write to Christians and say, you need to be joyful when you face the trials of life. I don't think he's saying that when we face the difficulties and hardships of life, that we're ecstatic over that or that we're joyful. But I do believe that what he's saying is when we come out on the other side, we can look back on those trials and tribulations and difficulties and ask the question, what did I learn? What have I learned? You know, right now our family, 
we've just entered a storm. I mean, we've just made our way into the storm. A couple of months from now, we'll be in the eye of the storm. This is in no way a concession speech. I'm not conceding anything, but I know tough times are coming. And if you are dealing with cancer or some other health issue, you know what I'm talking about. And listen, we are not the only ones. Please don't think that. Many of you have suffered and have suffered far greater than I'll ever suffer. But the point is, we've got to maintain our faith in God. Remember Job? Job is a man that literally lost everything. And yet you hear that great patriarch saying, Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. David said, Whenever I'm afraid, I will trust in you. You know, one of the things that quells the anxieties and worries of the future is to know that there's a God in heaven who cares. And that we can put our anchor in God. That's what the Bible tells us to do. To anchor our lives to the Lord. It takes a strong faith to get through tough times. Now, I would grant that there are some folks that fold under pressure. That give in to the difficulties of life and lose their sense of bearing. But the bottom line is we can't afford to lose our faith. Because it is our faith that will get us through those difficulties in life, right? I believe that. So we've got to stay strong in our faith. And we've got to be steadfast in our faith. You remember the Apostle Paul when he talked about the resurrection in 1 Corinthians chapter 15? And Paul said, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Life can push you around. And there are times in life when I would freely grant I have felt as if I've been whipped, beaten. Have I been down and discouraged at times? Yes, sir. Have I been despondent at times in life? Sure. But the bottom line is I've got to have that unwavering faith. I, like you, have to be steadfast in my faith. What is it the devil wants? The devil wants me to recant, to retreat, doesn't he? The devil wants you to give up, to say, I've had enough. The devil wants us to question God. And the bottom line is, our faith needs to be in God. We've got to have a strong faith. And let me just say this. You need to be building a strong faith today because you don't know what tomorrow holds. And let's just say that there is some unforeseen tragedy that lies ahead in your life. Ask the question this morning to someone. If you could know the future, if you could somehow forecast out 10, 15, 20 years from now, and you could know all the things that would unfold in your life, would you want to know? Would you want to know? Think about that. We've got to stay firm in our faith to God because we don't know what the future holds.
And so we've got to be developing a strong faith today so that when the unforeseen comes, when the uncontrollable comes our way, we can navigate through it and come out on the other side. And that we can have the presence of mind that Peter said in the long ago that we're to cast all our cares on Him. And the reason is because He cares for us. To understand that. So we've got to be wise with our time in life and we've got to be wise with our tour in this life. At best, the Bible says we're pilgrims and sojourners. And the idea is we have here no abiding city. That's what the Hebrew writer said in Hebrews chapter 13. So life is fleeting. It's getting away from us. So, in light of that fact, and as you think about your tour here on planet Earth, you might live to be 60, 70, 80, 90 years of age, might even hit 100. But as you sojourn here on planet Earth, number one, you need to live with the mindset that you are going to live in the will of God. Listen again to what James said in the long ago. He said, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we shall live and do this or that. Everything in life ought to be about the will of God, if the Lord wills. If the Lord wills, I'll live tomorrow. If the Lord wills, I'll live another year, two years, five years, ten years, whatever. But ultimately, everything falls under the banner of if the Lord wills. And so to live with that mindset, the mindset of the Lord wills, and the mindset of the Lord's ways. I want to go to heaven. Do you? Don't you want to go to heaven? I mean, isn't, isn't that why we're here today? We want to go to heaven. We want our loved ones to be in heaven. We want our children, our siblings, our spouses. We want to be in heaven one day. And so if we stay anchored in the ways of God, where will that lead us? Lead us home, won't it? I mean, isn't that the assurance? That if we live according to the will of God, we have the hope of life eternal? Didn't the Apostle Peter say that we have, we have an inheritance? We have reserved for us a place in heaven? It's described as incorruptible, undefiled, and he said it fades not away. So you think about living your life in the will of God and living your life in the ways of God. Here's what James said in the long ago. Draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. I want to say something in closing today. You're going to need to live close to God every day. Because you don't know what's going to happen in this life. And when tough times come your way, you're going to need the Lord at your side. And the beauty of Scripture is God has said to all of us, I will never leave you nor forsake you. To know that God will stand by us 
And not just stand by us, but he will stand with us. You remember the Apostle Paul when he wrote in 2 Timothy chapter 4? And he talked about some period of time in his life when no one would stand with him. He said, all men forsook me. But he said, the Lord stood with me. And not only did the Lord stand with him, he said, the Lord strengthened me. How are we going to get through life? We get through life with a strong faith, steadfast faith. We get through life anchoring down in the will and ways of God. I want to encourage you today. If you're here and you are not a Christian, to understand that the most important thing you can do in this life is to obey the gospel. And why is that? Because as James said, who knows what will happen tomorrow? You just don't know. You may be planning right now to obey the gospel in the future. Don't let the devil deceive you into thinking you've got time when maybe you do, maybe you don't. What would you need to do? Put your faith and trust in Jesus as the Son of God. Recognize that Jesus is the great I Am. And then turn from the lifestyle that you're now living. It's called repentance. Confess the name of Jesus before others, as the eunuch did. And then be immersed in water so that all your sins can be washed away, Acts 22, 16. God will then put you in the church. And let me tell you what, once you get in the church, you live faithfully day in and day out, and the promise is the crown of life. And nobody can take that from you. If you're here today, and maybe tragedy has befallen you, tough times have come your way, and maybe you're struggling with your physical life, Maybe you're struggling emotionally. Maybe you're struggling spiritually and you're a child of God. And you want the prayers of the church. You want us to pray with you and for you. And listen, it would be our pleasure and privilege to pray with you and for you. The Bible says God will abundantly pardon. Won't you come as we stand and sing? <clears throat>